and welcome to the latest podcast from the Stevenson Harwood Employment Law Team. I'm Michelle Obertan, an associate in the employment team, and I'm joined by my colleague Leanne Raven, Senior Knowledge Development Lawyer. Welcome, Leanne. Great to be joining you, Michelle. In April each year, the new limits are set for compensation in the Employment Tribunal for unfair dismissal claims, a cap on a week's pay, as well as new bans for injury to feelings payments. With this topic of awards in mind, in today's podcast we'll be looking at the various types of awards that can be made in the tribunal, and doing so through the lens of a recent high-profile case. Many of our listeners will be familiar with the Not Now Stacey case which hit the headlines again recently. The case concerns Stacey Macken, who was awarded £2 million compensation for a variety of claims she bought against her employer, a bank. In terms of background, she has been employed by the bank since 2013. She was subject to various sexist incidents, which included a witch's hat being left on her desk by male colleagues, being repeatedly told, not now, Stacey, a belittling phrase which became commonly used by her colleagues, as well as a senior colleague answering the phone to her in an inappropriate manner and telling her about a sexual roleplay. In terms of her salary, on commencing employment she received a salary of £120,000, whereas a male colleague performing the same role received £160,000. Over the next few years, her male colleague received close to £170,000 in bonuses compared to the £33,000 received by Miss Macken. Miss Macken has not worked since July 2018 as a result of illness. However, she still remains employed by the bank and has been receiving her salary through the bank's permanent health insurance scheme. Miss Macken brought various claims against the bank and the Employment Tribunal upheld her claims for direct sex discrimination, victimisation and equal pay. That judgment was handed down in 2019, but the decision from the remedy hearing was only published in early 2022. It's a helpful case in demonstrating the different types of award the tribunal can make. So let's look at the awards made by the tribunal. Let's start with injury to feelings. Compensation for discrimination claims can include an award for injury to feelings. The purpose of the award is to compensate the complainant for the anger, upset and humiliation caused by the discrimination. It is compensatory, not punitive, i.e. designed to compensate the claimant and not to punish the respondent. There are three bans for injury to feelings awards called Vento bans, and as of 6 April 2022, these are lower band of £990 to £9,900, which is appropriate for less serious cases such as where the act of discrimination is an isolated or one-off occurrence, middle band, 9,900 to £29,600 for serious cases that do not merit an award in the highest band, and the upper band, 29,600 to £49,300 for the most serious cases. Exceptional cases may be capable of exceeding the upper band. Claimants may seek to pitch their injury to feelings awards in the middle or higher bands, in some cases trying their luck without much rhyme or reason, and the respondent will invariably try to show that it fits in the lower bands, if in any. Respondents should not be afraid to challenge the claimant's position and in so doing, it's helpful to be able to point towards any case law on similar facts and to be able to show that in that case the tribunal made an award in the lower band or in the band which the respondent is trying to argue the award should fall. To give you an idea of the varying types of awards, a tribunal case a few years back involved a Polish man living and working in the UK who was told by a more senior employee, if you do not like it here go back to Poland. The tribunal found that this was a directly discriminatory, one-off comment and awarded £1,500 in injury to feelings, so in the lower of the Vento band, which is consistent for one-off occurrences. 
This differed to another tribunal case of Miss Perrin and Fred Christopher's and Sons Limited, where Miss Perrin, aged 63, was dismissed for redundancy on the basis that a new role had been created. She brought a direct age discrimination claim as the director had made comments that he would replace Miss Perrin with a young fit blonde and that Miss Perrin was not up to it in relation to the new role. She also successfully brought a harassment claim as one of the directors would purposefully leave the customer toilet in a bad condition, knowing that she would have to clean it up. She was awarded £13,000 for injury to feelings. The tribunal felt that the duration of the harassment exceeded the lower band, but there were no extenuating circumstances to push it into the higher band. In the case we are looking at in this podcast, Ms Macken's case, the tribunal determined that an injury to feelings award of £35,000 was appropriate. This is in the middle of the upper vento band designed to compensate for the most serious cases where there has been a lengthy campaign of discrimination. The tribunal considered this award appropriate, given that the bank's sex discrimination dated back to March 2014, when Miss Macken had first received a bonus, which was much less than that received by her male comparator, and given that in response to Miss Macken trying to raise her concerns, she began to be treated very badly. On top of the £35,000 for injury to feelings, the tribunal also decided to award aggravated damages of £15,000. Aggravated damages are available for discrimination claims and awarded in the most serious cases where the behaviour of the respondent has aggravated the claimant's injury, for example where there is clearly malice or bad intention on the part of the respondent. In this case, the tribunal awarded aggravated damages of £15,000 because it considered there was a discriminatory motive and spiteful and vindictive conduct. The tribunal found that two of the senior individuals involved in the matter behaved spitefully and vindictively towards Ms Macken because she had raised concerns about her pay and they did have a discriminatory motive. They also found that the bank's conduct added to the claimant's injury as her attempts to seek resolution through the bank's grievance process made matters worse and not better as it was inadequate and effectively a sham. Whereas aggravated damages are designed to compensate the claimant for the injury, Exemplary damages are awarded to punish the respondent. Exemplary damages are only available in limited cases where the compensation to the claimant is considered an insufficient punishment to the respondent and in cases where the respondent's conduct is calculated to make a profit which could exceed the compensation otherwise payable to the claimant or where the respondent is a servant of the government and acts in an an impressive, arbitrary or unconstitutional way. In this case, the tribunal did not award exemplary damages. Moving on, many listeners will know that a key element of compensation in most claims relates to future loss. Where an employee is unfairly dismissed or discriminated against, will they be likely to obtain another job at all? If so, will it be at at least the same salary? How long may it take them to secure alternative employment? Individuals usually need to be compensated for the future loss until they are able to obtain alternative employment and to factor in any differential in pay between their old job and new job. As you will know, in ordinary unfair dismissal claims, there is a cap on compensation of the lower of £93,878, or 52 weeks pay, but there is no statutory cap in compensation in discrimination cases. In this case, Ms Macken's doctor had given evidence that she would never be able to return to her previous role. The tribunal accepted this and also found that it was unlikely she would ever again perform a role that would pay her as much as the PHI benefit she was receiving from the bank. It's worth mentioning that when looking at future losses, there is always a duty on the claimant to mitigate their losses. They can't just sit around saying that they can't find another job and should be compensated. 
they actually need to take reasonable steps to mitigate their losses, for example, by trying to find another job and being able to show their evidence of doing so. In this case, the tribunal determined that the best way for Miss Macken to mitigate her losses was to remain employed by the bank solely for the purpose of receiving the PHI benefit until retirement age of 65. She would not carry out any work for them. Given the case law surrounding PHI, the tribunal found that Miss Macken had a high degree of legal protection, as if the bank tried to dismiss her or remove the benefit, it would be exposed to an expensive and complex legal claim. To try calculate Miss Macken's future losses, the tribunal used the Ogden tables, which are essentially actuarial tables prepared by the government to calculate lump sum compensation for those who have suffered future loss. Using these tables, the tribunal awarded a figure of approximately £860,000 as a top-up to the benefits she would receive under the PHI scheme. As part of her compensation for discrimination, Miss Macken also claimed damages for personal injury. According to case law, damages for personal injury can be claimed as part of discriminatory compensation in two ways. General damages to compensate for pain, suffering and loss of immunity and or special damages for financial loss arising out of the injury commonly loss of earnings or medical expenses, but the tribunal must be careful to avoid double recovery and ensure the claimant is not awarded the same loss under injury to feelings and personal injury. In Miss Macken's case, the tribunal was satisfied, based on the medical evidence before them, that Miss Macken was unable to work since July 2018 because of the bank's discriminatory treatment of her, resulting in mental health problems and psychiatric illness. She was awarded £51,000 for pain, suffering and loss of immunity, as well as just shy of £23,000 for loss of congenial employment. Her past losses for personal injury included lost salary, bonus, pension contributions, as well as her medical expenses. Her future losses were assessed on the basis that she would not be able to return to work. This amounted to a substantial sum of just over £1 million. It's worth noting that the tribunal can also award stigma damages. In the context of a discrimination claim, stigma damages are usually awarded to cover financial loss suffered by the employee due to the stigma attached to the bringing of a discrimination claim. However, in this case, the tribunal did not award any such damages, given she is not able to work again in the financial services industry, and so will not face any potential stigma. A key point for employers to remember when carrying out any process, and when considering compensation, is the ACAS uplift. The tribunal has the power to award a staggering 25% uplift to any compensatory award as a result of failure to follow the ACAS code on grievances and disciplinaries. In Miss Macken's case, the tribunal awarded a 20% uplift, not a full 25% uplift because the bank had not completely ignored her grievances, but it considered the nature of the breaches of the ACAS code was so fundamental and this percentage was just inequitable, bearing in mind the size and resources of the bank. The eye-watering amount of just over £317,000 was awarded for the ACAS uplift, a hefty price tag for failing to follow the ACAS code and an alarm bell for employers as to the importance of properly conducting grievance procedures. Moving on to the important issue of equal pay, as well as the significant sum awarded to Miss Macken as an arrears of back pay as a result of the bank's equal pay breach, this is one of the first cases in which the tribunal ordered an equal pay audit. The audit requires the bank to provide detailed information on a number of grounds about the differences in pay between men and women in certain time periods, the reasons for any differences, reasons for any equal pay breach identified and the plan to avoid these breaches occurring or continuing. The bank had put forward various arguments to avoid the audit but were unsuccessful in their attempts. 
In particular, the tribunal found that the issues suffered by Miss Macken were partly a result of the bank's opaque pay system, so the logical conclusion was that other women may have been affected. This should serve as a reminder to employers that a tribunal can order an equal pay audit, which can be a substantial task for an employer to undertake and can reveal equal pay issues within an organisation, which the employer will have to try to explain. As in this case, whilst an employer may put forward various arguments to avoid the audit, for example that the bank understood what action was required to avoid equal pay breaches, the tribunal will not necessarily accept these arguments. And finally, there is the interest element of any award. For Ms Macken's award, interest was payable on the compensation for equal pay and discrimination, specifically the past financial losses, injury to feelings, aggravated damages and would have been payable on exemplary damages had there been any. The applicable rate of interest is 8% and accrues daily and in this case it was a total figure of just under £163,000 so it's worth employers remembering that there may be a chunky addition of interest on top of any award. While not relevant in Miss Macken's case, it's probably worth mentioning a couple of further adjustments that can be made to compensation. The first is known as a Polky deduction, deriving its name from a case involving a Mr Polky. This arises in an unfair dismissal claim where the employer has dismissed for a substantively fair reason but failed to follow a fair procedure. The employer may be able to argue that the award should be reduced on the basis that had a fair process been followed, the individual still would have been dismissed. Another reduction that can be applied is for contributory fault. Where the claimant's conduct has contributed to the dismissal, a reduction of up to 100% of the award can be made. It's essentially a way to reduce compensation in the circumstances that the employee was, to some extent, the author of their own misfortune and was partially to blame for dismissal. For example, conduct during the course of disciplinary proceedings, such as being dishonest or casting ill-founded allegations of dishonesty on others, may justify a finding of contributory fault. There are various criteria and tests that need to be met to make a reduction to a compensatory or basic award for unfair dismissal, so it needs careful consideration from a respondent if they are trying to argue for such a reduction. As you'll appreciate, we've not covered every possible award in the tribunal, but through the lens of the Mackin case, we've managed to canter through a number of the important awards a tribunal can make. If you have any questions on this or other employment law topics, please do get in touch with me, Leanne, or your usual Stevenson Harwood contact. A reminder that all of our podcasts and e-alerts can be found on our new employment law hub, www.employmentlawweb.com. Thanks, Michelle. That brings us to the end of today's podcast. Thank you to all our listeners for continuing to tune in and listen to our podcasts.